Hello, sir. Hey, PT. How are you getting on? I'm going fabulously. How are Good you? to have you on the podcast. Uh, I don't. Th- I was just thinking there. I don't think we've actually ever done a podcast together. Madly enough. Me and you. Yeah. When you roll in now, mate. This is it. <laughs> we were, even when you were for severe properly full time for for years. I don't know how we didn't. Well, because I didn't do podcasts. I suppose until McGann abandoned us. So was I. So was I. I was even more than you, a man in the shadows. We've we've stepped out of the shadows. <laughs> Let me see international now. <laughs> <laughs> Check the statistics, as John would say. Yeah. Whereas uh, so, I mean, Big Shaq was, he, was, he finally was involved with someone that won, and so he just he's yeah, like he's now. on a high because like you know he got out of Limerick for a day up to Dublin, and he just he's just still on a high. He's just celebrating that, that big city dreaming. Yeah, you know he said on the on the podcast to me we did a review podcast of the hurling, even though I didn't see it. Because <laughs> um, uh, Sean just wanted to shout on about it, so I was like, "Grand!" Um, yeah, and he said it was the best day of his life. I said, "30 years in Limerick, and then you come to Dublin for a day, best day of your life." <laughs> did you did you describe Crow Park as our stadium, like as a yeah. Dublin stadium? That really annoys bloggers. They fucking yeah. can't take that at all. Because Sean was saying, "Oh, we did this. Uh, we did that. We haven't." I'm like, "Do you play for the team? Or, oh, what's going on?" <laughs> I know, I know they're amateurs, but like they don't even let you on on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't watch it at all. No, I, I literally popped my head into the pub like uh, at the very end of the game. Uh, it was just over, and they were just had the score on the bottom, and they were just like celebrating. I missed, I missed everything. I literally tuned in as it ended. It was, it was brilliant. It was one of the best games I've ever watched in my life, and I thought it was going to be shite because they had such an advantage that I was like, oh, well, Galway can't touch them. But then Galway in extra time. Eight minutes of it, fucking rallied back, got winning a point, and then uh, the greatest player in the world missed, missed a massive free kick that was basically impossible. So I was sure they were going to ha- hang this player, Joe Canning, on the whole defeat, but uh, it seems that the Limerick festivities have taken precedent, which is a good thing. Yeah, no, it's good. Like, you know, it's, it's always bad when somebody misses a, or something happens and everything gets blamed on, on one player. Like, it's, it's hard. It kind of <laughs> reminds me, just as you say, of the James Gallagher thing last weekend, because it seems like Gallagher losing was a bigger story than Ricky Bandadez yeah. winning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, like, and I, don't, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that, I think that's a good thing for Ricky Bandadez. I think it's a, you know what I mean? it's a good thing. It shows uh, J- the scale of James' fan base, his reach. I mean, I don't, I don't see that as a bad thing, but it seems like a lot of people were kind of like, why didn't I had somebody tweet me? Why didn't you talk to Ricky Bandadez? I did. You just didn't read it. You just didn't see it. So, like, he became so visible after this performance and everyone's acting like, you know, they, they've been holding them down since day one. Nobody was retweeting that article when I put it out before the fight. Like, I hate yeah. these fair weather fuckers. Yeah, well, it's it's typical, though. It's Everybody comes in with the with the celebration on people, other people's uh, downfall or when somebody slips, people like rubbing it in their face. It's just the way, way it is. And it's a it's, it's yeah. social media thing. Like, I, like, a lot of, like, fighters, I think, I think it was Aaron Chalmers said that, it's a lot worse the abuse you get as a fighter than even as a reality TV show, and yeah, a reality TV show, and that was a reality TV show star or a reality reality TV show that is like ridiculed by a lot of people and made fun of, and and people don't like trashed, it. Completely trashed. Yeah. Everyone's in their business. Everyone knows everything about your personal life, and he thought being a fighter is worse. That's it's crazy. He says it's way worse. Yeah, <laughs> he says oh, no, the things people will say to you on social media are, are unbelievable. I've talked to people who've transitioned down away from a multitude of careers. And uh, Nick Hoyne, obviously, is an actor as well in, um, in in Germany. And he's been in a few U.S. things. And he was like, you know what I mean? 
unused to criticism. I get bashed at every audition I go to, blah, blah, blah. You're used to it to a certain extent. But when you lose a fight and you have people coming at you the way they do, like, he goes, I lose close decision. And these people are talking about me like I should just go into the woods and kill myself or something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's unbelievable. Like, it's crazy. Like, and uh, like for a lot of the time, it's young guys. Like, you know, James Gallagher, what age is James Gallagher? 22? Something like that? 21. 21. Like, you know, these are young guys and people are taking such pleasure in, in their, like them getting knocked out. It's very strange. Like, it's, I, I, I think I it says a lot about you, a person who sends the message. Sorry? When I was 21. I couldn't hold down a job in my local DIY shop. <laughs> yeah. I was you know too busy I mean? just like, on a session for the last five years, like when I was 21. <laughs> yeah, that was probably why I couldn't hold down the job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's mad. Like, and even um, with his interview there with Ariel uh, yesterday on ESPN, like, I've never uh, been been kind of more confident that he will succeed after listening to him talk. You know what I mean? It's it's. It, I know that sounds weird. You know, he's just coming off the loss, but... You know, that, that fight, like, people forget that his wheelhouse is, is in a different, completely different spectrum to where he fought that fight. Yeah. Um, and it's just a guy so young like that, we have no idea of his ceiling yet. And yeah. I know people have made up their minds about him years ago because they don't like what he puts on social media. But he's genuinely one of the most grounded people you can talk to when he's away from the fight game. You know what I mean? Like he's so uh, nice. Yeah. Very well-adjusted young fella. You know what I mean? Way better than... Or he could ever be. He's got a great family behind him. Yeah. I mean, but I can also I, see I'm, why people think he's a diff, completely different person than he is when you actually know him. Like we've known him since what he's thirteen, fourteen. Um, yeah. So that, like it's completely different. Like you know, people. I can understand why people who've seen an interview or two or seen him on social media the odd time are just like, "What's this prick?" But I can understand yeah. that. Like, but it's just. They, but they that's what he wanted to do. That was his intention when he does them things. Like he knows he kind of has the net out there. But he also knows that's how he's on way better money than like the vast majority. I'd say nearly every 21-year-old in the game. You know, I mean, this is why he's he's in the situation he's in, and to think that it's going to go away. Like, look, it's actually got like his star has risen because of that loss. It's kind of like the McGregor Diaz thing. Like, it just it's made it more compelling. I think for the for the mass audience. Like, yeah, and if they do do a rematch, which James is calling for, it'll be a huge fight, especially if it was in Ireland. If it's in Ireland, like James. What do you think of that idea? I, I don't like it. I I understand. But I, I think I if, if think it, it's necessary. Yeah. I think I don't I wouldn't like it straight away. I'd like James to take a little bit of time. Because, um, yeah. like, you know, how many times we look back on a guy's first loss or second loss or even third or fourth loss in his career uh, uh, and it's a turning point. It's like since then yeah. he's been way better. You know, maybe I, I I remember saying to James I don't know how many years ago, a few years ago, that like his style is more like Gunnar Nelson's and Connors, and that, that's yeah, that's the way he yeah. should be fighting. Like, and he he knows that. Like, but it's easy to get caught up in the moment, and when you're landing on the guy and, you, and you're undefeated, you've improved a lot. I think. Like, I mean, yeah. in terms of, I understand where the confidence came from because yeah. um, in his last couple of fights, his, his hands looked very good. Like, he looked very capable. And um, when we had only really saw his his ground game up until that point, well, like in them big. In them big Bellator fights, that was what was winning them fights. You know what yeah. I mean? Up until he kind of got that... Uh, but he was having success man. on the feet, and maybe that kind of he got carried away a bit because the Shinzo, Shinzo fight and the one before that, I can't remember the, the opponent's yeah, name. Yeah, Kirill Medvedovsky, or was it? Yeah. From the, the Israeli guy. Yeah, he had really good success on the feet before getting takedowns there, like, and he, he looked sharp. But, in Belfast. He looked brilliant that night, yeah. Yeah, but like when you move down to bantamweight as well, like you're cutting weight, maybe there's less uh, water on the brain. Like I'm not a no doctor, but we hear this all the time from fighters and, and coaches about water on the brain. 
you're cutting weight and it makes you more e- easily tagged and uh, ro- rocked. And then also just having to having to cut that weight is means you're you're working on your diet further out. Um, you have less time to improve, and there's a lot of factors. First 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 time down there, speed factor. Like he had a speed advantage. The fact that he was out was. for how long? Yeah, he came back from a, a knee. What was it? A knee injury? Was it? It was a knee injury, then a hand injury. You know yeah, knee like injuries are no joke. Like you know, no jokes. And neither are hand injuries when you're gonna box for the guy, which he did. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? It's uh, but your movement yeah, well, look, is very restricted. Like if you have any anything wrong with your knee, like it, it, it it's something you like you don't build you don't want to have to be thinking about your knee. You know, if if somebody, like he got kicked in the leg a couple of times uh, in that fight, and I think maybe like you like that that I don't know. Like when I I have had two ACL surgeries, and like if I like when anything happens to my knee, I'm just like oh shit. I hope that's okay. I hope that like. like remember you saying that to me. There is actually nothing like the pain you felt. When that went, like and that's what I hear from most people. Like, yeah, just for like a, a thirty seconds, it was just like excuse. Yeah, it's just an unbe- unbelievable thing. Yeah, that's. Uh, then it's all right after that, but it's is is and the loud snapping. So I don't know. I don't know if James. I don't know what injury he had to me. Maybe it wasn't like mine was an ACL and a PCL and an LCL, but like it didn't fully go. I remember yeah. that. I remember it didn't. It wasn't his ACL. It was. Uh, but it's but it was trusting. Couple, it was trusting the knee more than anything. Like you know, you have to get to trust that again and. Yeah. We're make, it seems like we're making a lot of excuses here for him, but we're just looking at the the things that he can he can come back and look at and say, oh, this is what I did wrong. And sometimes people have to learn themselves. They can say oh, they can say all the right things, but sometimes you got to learn the hard way. You got to go out yeah, there. Yeah, I think Fandeus is great. Like I mean, this, I said this to you when this fight was made. I was like, this guy is one hundred percent legit. Like he's once you're a CFFC champion, you know that like usually it's, it's a ticket to the UFC. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the North American Cage Warriors. Yeah, and he was looking very good. On, on route to getting to, to where he needed to be. And a lot of people were kind of saying, um, when that was announced, they were so surprised Bellator got him. You know what I mean? Because CFFC is usually the, the, the UFC. You're going to the UFC as soon as you do that. So I just, I, I, I guess I, because I, I had high hopes for Bandeas the way it is, obviously Bellator, the way they've kind of planned out uh, Galler's career, they have high hopes for him as well. That matchup didn't make sense. But when you think about it, in the in the way that James was trying to get a fight that would put him in the title picture, it did make sense. So it just, you know what I mean? It maybe if the result had been different, we would have been like, oh yeah, okay, in this side of the world. But I guarantee in North America they were kind of going, why would you derail Ricky at this stage of his life? You know, I'm just saying it in the if it was if the shoe was on the other foot and the yeah. result was different. Yeah, with Bellator usually are pretty slow with their building of of the guys that they, you know, you look at people like MVP, the guys that they kind of. Want to build? They usually they pick nurture, very, yeah, very, yeah, well, very yeah, nice yeah. matchups and and things like that. But um, I suppose though, maybe, maybe, maybe they think maybe they thought James would have enough for him, and they thought that going down the weight he'd be he'd be stronger. And who's to say if they did have a rematch that James wouldn't win? But I don't think it'd be advisable for James to hop straight back in there in like two or three months. Like he got he got knocked out, so take it, take your take your time. There's no rush. You're 21, like. Even yeah, if, even that December day, is that too soon? Like, I mean, it's four months, is it? I think that's too soon. You're going to have Same to start here. sparring, you're going to train, you're going to be hitting the, in the head again. Like, your knee as well. Like, I'm not sure what the crack with that is. Like, your hand. You need to rest these things. You want to go back and improve, like, little things in your game. Like, I wouldn't be rushing back in. Like, there's, there's no point in rushing. There's, there's absolutely no rush for somebody who's 21. Yeah, and you you hear what he's like. I don't know if you heard the interview yesterday with Helwani. He's kind of telling Helwani that you know I I took a lot of inspiration from what Conor did when he lost in Nate Diaz, but it's a different loss. It's a different loss because Conor got submitted. 
know what I mean? Like it's like I'm not saying Connor didn't get hit in that fight. He did, but he got like James was out. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's different. I think anyway from that point of view. I think most people would agree with that. Yeah, I know what you mean, but in another way, it's kind of similar because he got beaten out of his wheelhouse. Like Connor got beaten out of his wheelhouse. Yeah, no, it's similar. But do you not think it's uh, it 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 should be more time sensitive when the stoppages is kind of strikes rather than oh yeah, or am I looking into that too much? Yeah, well, like a choke, like yeah, like if it's a knee bar or something, you have Husam Paul Harris trying to rip your leg off. It's, it's definitely you need to wrap in there quick. But you, yeah, like a choke. I think James did take an extra, an extra couple of shots that he shouldn't have taken in that fight as well. Like, uh, like maybe it's because I know him for for years. I just like want. Yeah, I felt they could have stopped it after the kick. Oh, I wanted the ref to stop it when he hit the ground, and I think he ate one or two, and I was like, just, just stop it. He's done. Stop it. Yeah, he, Ricky got in some really, really good shots there at the end. Uh, yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Like I felt when uh, he had stood back up from the initial knockdown, he moved backwards a lot, suggesting like you know he's a bit rattled. Then the kick comes. He gets rocked up against the fence. I, I thought at that stage, and I'm not being too critical on the referee, but at that stage, I thought the referee could have stopped it. But these things happen. Yeah, it was all very quick as well. It wasn't anything egregious, I don't think, for yeah. the referee. Oh, no. But no, I think no, when no, you no. know the guy for years and like since he's a kid and stuff, you, maybe you. Maybe that's. Yeah. It's hard to know if that's factoring in or not and thinking, oh, stop, stop the fight. Like, if it was some random yeah. guy that you never heard of or never knew, maybe you wouldn't be thinking that. But it's, it's, it's hard to know when you're in the situation you're in. Like. Like, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, I was talking to uh, James the head that fight, and, and he really, like, he really seemed to be talking about the, the weight being just unbelievable. He felt great going down. He said the same yesterday in his first interview since then. He's like, I can't blame my preparation at all. Like, it was just, I got too ahead of myself and decided I wanted to strike with this guy because of the early success. He goes, I stopped thinking about it as a fight. I started thinking about it as a scrap, and that, that's where I lost the fight. I think that's a good, very, very good um, that he can be so critical of himself after such a big downfall at his age. I think that's pretty incredible. Like, yeah, I think it's. I know, like a lot of people think win or learn is like laughable and stuff. The whole thing, but like it is like <laughs> the 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 term gets thrown around a lot. But at the end of the day, like. James but it's has, been around for a hundred years. Yeah. Sorry to tell you, it's John didn't. No, no, I know. Oh, I know that. But <laughs> you know, it's kind of like in MMA circles, like people will like joke on Twitter and like you know, win or learn or whatever. But um, it is like you know, it is like a lot of turning or a lot of times in in young fighters' career, the turning point where they actually get a lot better is where they lose for the first time. Like that, that that's yeah. the way it goes. Like a lot of times, like it can break a fighter too. Like some guys are never the same. Like you look at Francis yeah. Ngannou in the next fight, like like what the fuck's going on there? Like oh, you know, mentally, just mentally. Like, and I think the fact that Francis has gone from tears to glory so quickly doesn't do him any favors. Yeah, he was only what like, three or four years training as well. Like, yeah, like you know what I mean. I I think the fact that James is basically purpose built for the sport since he's thirteen, I think that kind of um, makes it probably he's mentally encountered this loss a million times before it happened. Yeah. So he's lost, what, three times at amateur? He was obviously 14 and three at amateur. I think so, yeah. I think his last loss was when he was 15 or 16. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing. But um, like, like, I just think, I think for a lot of Irish fans, they've also kind of, they, they kind of, with James losing, they kind of hemmed off a, a particularly bad period. Um, you know what I mean? I saw a few people saying, like, oh, what, the state of Irish MMA, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, that guy's up there trying to put himself in title contention in one of the biggest promotions in the world. He's taking fights against this guy who's a killer. Yeah. Like, I think so. I think like, people who are new fans to the sport, and I don't know if these, these people saying this are, but 
they don't I think they think they think in kind of boxing terms of if you lose it's kind of it's all over for you yes it's yes. not MMA people lose all, like the best fighters like okay John Jones we, we were talking about this yesterday um <clears throat> Adam Lavoff is an even record, but he's one of the most uh, he's one of the most intriguing fighters, one of the most well known fighters in the game. You know what I mean? So that's its own value in MMA. Like MMA is different; it's very different to boxing. And um, you know what I mean? It's like Adam still has serious value for any promotion because he's so well known and because of the way he fights. It doesn't really matter that he has a uh, an even record. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what people are paying for. They're paying for to see Lavoff and be entertained and the build up. And um, in the fight itself, the, like I, I don't think, I don't think losses devalue you in MMA the way uh, they do in boxing. Certainly, no. Even like look at all the champions. Like, has anybody ever got to become a champion in in the UFC bar Habib without losing a fight? Um, I, I don't know, man. You know, I can't pull that star. Um, I don't. I don't like in, in UFC. I don't think so. Like even John Jones had that stupid referee. What about loss Frank Murr? Was he undefeated at the time? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, Habib, like, in my opinion, actually isn't undefeated as well because he lost to Gleason Tebow, clearly, and, as well. But officially he is. And, and John Jones would be the one that I would say is actually unofficially undefeated <laughs> when he became champion yeah. because the Matt Hamill thing was just ludicrous. Like, that fight should have been stopped about a minute before he threw that elbow. He ate those elbows like a champ. And he had his hand raised for it. Yeah, he does. Bre- he, he fucking knows the shit out of John Jones' elbow for the stoppage. <laughs> <laughs> John Jones' elbow is never the same. It's good. Like, I feel like there's a whole new energy, though, because Connor's booked again. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like by proxy, everything gets more interesting um, when he's involved. Um, it's funny watching the guys jostle for position. Um, I see it as that anyway. I don't know. Like a lot of these lightweights um, are talking about Conor's going to win, Conor's going to win, Conor's going to win. It's like they're trying to will it into existence because they know with Conor McGregor at the top of that division, their their, their paydays could uh, increase dramatically. You know what I mean? It's like if if, if Khabib uh, beats Conor, I don't think he becomes Conor. You know what I mean? I don't no, think we're ever going to have another one. Yeah, nobody's going to be Conor. But I mean, do, do you see that as well? Like a lot of these, the the lightweights, it's nearly like they they want they're willing Connor to win because they know that's a payday that that nobody else in the world can give them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I think I, I think certain guys will be hoping he loses. The guys slightly lower down, but the guys who are at the top, who think they are due a title shot, will or think yeah. they are due a massive fight. Even if Connor doesn't have the title, it doesn't matter. Even if Connor wants to go to one seventy or whatever the hell he wants to do, like like. They don't care. They'll follow him wherever he wants to go. Because <laughs> it's such a big payday, and it's yeah. not only a big payday. You become known as well afterwards. Like people, people know who yeah. you are because of the build up, because of all that. Like you and know. I'm sorry to go Eddie, back to Gallagher. I'm sorry to go back to Gallagher on this, but like, who do you think the biggest star is today, James Gallagher or Ricky Bandeas? Oh, James Gallagher. Gallagher. Like I ask a hundred people who Ricky Bandeas is, they don't have a clue. Yes. So that's what I mean. Like I mean, it's. It's it's just there's not a place in the guy, is there? Like, and he's back, and it just feels like the sports. Like this is why they sell the thing for four billion. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's, uh, like, it's uh, yeah. I think I think it's uh, this is kind of off topic. It's, it's McGregor related, but I think that, I don't want to sound harsh on these guys. A lot of these guys who were signed for Bellator, but I think Bellator are signing all these SVG guys just being like, hopefully Connor will show up at the show, give us exposure. Like that's that's definitely a part of the the reasoning, and it just shows. 
how how powerful and and popular he is and how much in demand he is. Even like you know, getting Charlie Ward signed when Charlie Ward was what two and two or three and two. What was it? You know, yeah. he's he's so big that it's it's unprecedented how big he is. Like nobody gets to call shots like he he gets to call shots like he gets like he went to boxing like you know. Can you like Dana co-promoting like Dana went like the, for years Fedor was trying to co-promote and that was MMA and he, he had no interest and then all of a sudden um, I, I, a deal that I thought would never get done in Floyd and Floyd and Connor boxing Bay got done like shit like this is, is like people better realize and take this in and if if you're kind of on the fence about McGregor fair enough like I think most people are are either hate him or love him but. Like just just try to enjoy it rather than rather than um, you know oh who's next or where's the next Conor McGregor coming from because he's not coming from anywhere. You just enjoy enjoy these massive fights like enjoy this Habib fight, like that Aldo fight. Like that was built up for so many years. Like people were foaming at the mouth for that fight. Like it's very rare in the UFC that people are gagging for a fight. Like the people who aren't hardcore MMA fans are like messaging me and you and. When's this fight happening? Or the the Floyd Bay was like people were talking about that for months. Like this is, this is like this is as good as it gets. I think for Irish MMA. Like I, I maybe when when me and you started back in what 2011, when you started a little earlier, did you? Yeah, but like I mean, it's the same group of guys. They're in the same place when I was there as you were there. I, I understand what you're saying, but I think our ignorance at the time as well made it bigger, in the sense that like the path wasn't really made. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no path to the UFC direct line. We didn't know. And then, as it started to be discovered, they had all these guys that were ready to go. Like they weren't foreign old guys, they weren't three and old guys. They were yeah. like guys that had, had been. And Paddy Houlihan was what, like ten and zero when he went to Tough. Yeah, like ten and zero. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. You don't go to ten and zero if you're Irish. You, you talk and look like Paddy Houlihan. You train with Conor McGregor now. You don't go to Tough at ten and zero. You were snapped up by somebody well before ten and zero. Oh, it's a different, especially an Irish man now. After yeah. what, what Conor has done, it's. it's it feels like every promotion needs one now. <laughs> <You know what laughs> yeah, and all these all the Americans that have Irish heritage, like oh, Irish. Yeah, yeah, Get over here, lads. It's, it's, yeah, it, it it was a real national identity thing, and that's why I think, uh, like, I think that's why <clears throat> when like the the Bellator things happen and and the thing in Brooklyn happens, the buzz into it, uh, it hurts Irish people more because they held up uh, Connor as as what their national identity was. They were so proud of it. Blah blah blah. And it just feels like it's so close to them when anything goes wrong, and there's this criticism that some people overreact. You know what I mean? Because because he was so he was so enjoying to the national identity during during the time when he was winning titles and stuff. And I, I think that will happen again as this fight gets closer. He'll become that thing again. You know what I mean? He has a yeah. great way of empowering a whole nation and making them feel part of something. Yeah, I think because he was so like uh, I'm not I'm not trying to like blow smoke up my own my own arts here, but I think. Like the fact that Connor like let us come in and film him and kind of t- let the fans come on the journey with him, you know, they feel like they're on this journey with him and they f- they'll defend him even when they probably shouldn't defend him in, in ways, and they feel him- they feel so hurt when he does something that they that they don't like, yeah. you know, because so, they feel so- like they they feel like they know him and they feel like they're on this journey with him and they feel like they feel yeah. disappointed, like disappointed, like, I think. I feel like that's the the only way to capture Connor perfectly, like to, to get a, a proper representation of Connor. Like as you know, I was trying to write a book, like, and I mean, look at look at the footage you guys have. Like he's always on the move. It's he, he's always going somewhere. He's always doing something. Nearly every picture of him that's taken, he's walking somewhere. He's always going. 
You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing with him, and I think a camera crew is is definitely the way to do that with him because he's so spontaneous and in the moment. It's very hard to get that down and print. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very hard to represent that properly. Yeah, you just it, like when we were making the documentary the first time, it was just had to be just fly on the wall, just purely observational. Because when you we were kind of talking about um, about just before we did this podcast, just you were like, "Oh, what do you want to talk?" Or saying like anything you want to talk about, you were just like, "We'll just fucking go for it," because it's natural, you know. If you write stuff down, it kind of seems unnatural and yeah. fake, even if it is what you think. You even if you, you have bullet points, it's just doesn't sound the same as when you just kind of spitball and just kind of go for it and just start sh- talking shite like <laughs> yeah i'm having real trouble actually with the, with the kind of you know i don't do much video stuff or anything like that <clears throat> and i'm trying to start doing it with my fighting now and it's like it's like um the part that i have to do just purely to introduce the topic that's always the part that's most awkward for me because it's, it's planned to a certain extent and then i'm fine once i get out of that the 15 seconds i have to say this is what this is yeah, I'm fine, but it's yeah. just that awkwardness of I'm not used to kind of living living off the what well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I kind of prefer that kind of natural element of talking, and that's what the documentary did so well. You're capturing yeah. little moments of conversation, you're capturing the real guy. It's very hard to sit down with someone and they know this is going down on paper, and you know what I mean. Like you're yeah. trying to capture little bits of it. Like I think. I think a documentary is always the way to do with Connor. I think when he's finished, he's going to write one of the best sports books ever. Because look at the, look look at how much we know about what's going on, or anyone knows what's going on. It's absolutely bizarre. Like to know actually what the hell was really going on from him, his perspective will be crazy. I just hope he's writing down all of this stuff, like just little bullet points. Going, <laughs> remember that, remember that, remember that, because when he does want to do it, and whoever he does it with, it's going to be a classic. Yeah. I think over the years, like Tyson's latest book, Tyson's latest book was brilliant, but he could have never wrote that book while he was active. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, like no matter how big, like kind of, unless you unless you do write things down, you're gonna forget. Like even if it's a big incident or a big a big thing, there's so much stuff happening with Conor McGregor. Like yeah, it seems like every day. There's no way you can remember. He can remember all this stuff. Like (laughs) yeah. It's, and and like and it, people forget like all these businesses he has got as well. Like, he's a like, you know what I mean. He has a proper infrastructure to his to his life, uh, like basic and business sense. Like I mean, he has this whiskey thing that's coming out. He has all this different stuff going out. So he's he said it before. I'm spinning many plates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's he's always is capitalized. And he always says capitalized, capitalized. Yeah, capitalized. Like I mean, it's just it's crazy that this is just one part of his resume now do you know what I mean like that's that's incredible to me and yeah. he still wants to come back and do it <laughs> even yeah, though he you see, probably yeah. has enough money to do whatever he wants you know yeah, what people, I mean people say to me like you know before the Habib fight was announced like for months they're like oh, I don't think Conor's coming back why would he he's already got all this money in the bank or people have the, all these different figures of how much money they think he has in the bank a lot of money in the bank and why would he want to come back and how would he be motivated and you know always afraid of Habib oh, like, like you, you know it's like it's nice like come on Habib's not afraid of Connor. Connor's not afraid of Habib. Like these guys aren't afraid of each other. No way. The one thing I'll say is about the Khabib thing is the the second I knew it was Estian was the second that we're watching this Dolly go through the thing. Like no matter what, like that was that was hunger. That was a crazy amount of hunger and a crazy amount of animosity there that you can't fake. Like Connor can't really fake things. No. Like I remember he said that to me for a long time ever since I knew him. He he can't. 
I yeah. think it was I'll something. take it. He, he, I, I think something silly in an interview like early days. I was probably doing it for the Luton Gazette, and I was like, oh, is there anything, uh, like, you, do you want me to put in any thanks to the sponsor? And he goes, no, what I said is what I said. Like, just yeah. go. Write it do up. you know what I mean? When you, yeah. yeah, like, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to, like, oh, and I just want to say, you know, yeah. you couldn't even do that. Yeah, even with the documentaries, you know, like, over the years, RTE and, like, even Showtime and all will be like, oh, can you get Connor to do this and say this? It's like, no, like, it's just going to look terrible, and he's not going to want to do it, and it's going to be unnatural when he does do it. And it's just going to look weird and fake, and I don't want a part of any part of that. <laughs> and, it's kind of, and it's annoying now, right? Because it's like the Irish media, they know they kind of missed this whole thing. They kind of did. Like the only way they can kind of lay claim to having it, it was for your documentary. That's the only real bit of national coverage that, that kind of got. Like even, even like the bus thing is, is in more papers than his title win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, like he's 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 actually. I think I, 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 people may completely disagree with this, but I think he's the the most successful and best Irish athlete ever. I don't think any other athlete uh, that's made a hundred million in a day. Yeah, and who's who's like who's at the top of boxing? At top of the, it's been at the top of two sports, even if it was for only a brief time. That was the biggest fight or bout. It's like Jordan going to play baseball, isn't it? Like it's like. <laughs> It, it, it's incredible, like, it's, it's Bo a Jackson. crazy situation. <laughs> yeah, but Bo Jackson was always going to do that. The fact that, you know, Jordan was at the height of his career in basketball and then he decided to go, I'm going to go play baseball now. That's, yeah. it, it's just insane, like, and he's another one of those icons. He's not a, just simply an athlete, he's an icon, you know what I mean? And I think, I think Connor will be, and as much as he frustrates people, and, and people don't like him, and they have good reason not to like him for a lot of people, but they, they'll never forget this moment. I mean, they'll never forget yeah. this moment of living in it. Yeah. And I I think um, they'll be a lot more forgiving of Connor when we go back to winning fuck all as a, as a country and having nothing to rally around because it feels like, yeah. like even then... Um, even the, what was it, the, the women's, the women's, what was that? The, what sport was that again? The hockey team. Yeah, people hockey. were like, people going mad about them. The coverage that got compared to Connor McGregor, like winning a UFC title first Irishman ever, knocking out the undefeated pound for pound or undefeated in 10 years pound for pound number one <laughs> like it's mad like it's crazy that like the, no disrespect to like women's women's hockey but no, I, like no, I don't yeah, no, I, I don't think people aren't people aren't as interested in that like the general public in Ireland aren't as interested in that as they are in Conor McGregor and I don't know why the media took so long to to, to kind of see that especially big, because we're such a passionate bunch like we love getting behind our own like another thing about the hockey thing is People wanted to support that team because yeah. they're Irish. They wanted yeah. to come on, let's fucking do it. I've never watched a game of hockey in my life. Let's stick this on. Now they got the MMA version of like a first round TKO probably in the final. But people, people are still all over it. Like, and that's why it drives the traffic on the uh, yeah. on the on the sites and stuff. It's it, even I, Katie I Taylor like, over the years. Like you know, Michelle Smith in in swim, in swimming. Well, I think Katie Taylor's a beast, though. Like, no, I know, know, but at the start when she was like, you know, she was doing well, so everybody was like, "Oh, great, Irish person's doing well," and they just support it, even though they don't know anything about boxing. Lots yeah. of people who knew nothing about boxing, like people like like parents and stuff, like friends of mine, and just watching Katie Taylor bouts like. Like at whatever time it's on in the Olympics, and like waiting for it and talking about it, like it's just like this it's, is the closest we had. We this that UFC Dublin show, that that's our Italian ninety. Like I know we were alive when Italian ninety happened, and we have fond memories of probably running around someone's backyard with a you know two liters of fucking soy down or whatever it was. <laughs> but I mean, it's not the same as when you're a young man 
or young woman and you see a guy getting to the top of a sport that has nothing to do with Ireland. Like in the time of a crippling recession, this guy picked a path that no one had ever gone down before and he made it work. So again, that's, that's, that's without any of the other bullshit. Like that, that is amazing. Like, that's yeah. incredible. And people don't realize how big a risk it was for him to do that. Like how big a risk all these guys in MMA, like all, all these like Pendred and Roddy and, all these guys who were who were dedicated their lives to MMA, there was no path, as you're saying. Listen, until Carl Pendrick could have done anything. Have you seen how beautiful that man is? <laughs> you remember him back in the day, though? He had fucking an island of curly hair on his yeah. top of his head, so don't forget where you came from there, Pendrick. Do you know when the sun was shining and everything was great, we brought the dog down the beach or whatever. I'm sitting down there with my little handles out, all fucking you know, skin everywhere, looking disgraceful. Then uh, there comes this vision down the beach. The two hundred boys looked like they were fucking. Looked like they were in slow motion walking down the it's fucking. Baywatch scene. Like, yeah, they, like they weren't. They were just having a walking down, having a chat. <laughs> and then, then like I walked past them with the dog, and like Elaine there, standing in front of uh, Carl, who she's met before, of course. But Jesus Christ, and he's like he's carved out a fucking marble. I, I don't know what to do with him. I'm telling you, he 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 would have been successful no matter what he did, and he is. Look at look what he's doing, man. Like he yeah. he, he had it all planned. Well, I asked him once in an interview, I said, like, so when did you start planning um, for life after fighting? He's like, as soon as I signed that UFC contract. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's amazing. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, Pendred was one of the few, I think he was the very first guy from SPG. Yeah, he was, to give us, like, we did interviews, I did interviews with, like, Roddy and stuff at Cage and Tenor Awards, but to actually go and spend the day filming with them. And, like, um, he, he, like, trusted us to, like, you know, we're just nobody, like, you know, <laughs> at the time, we hadn't even done 10,000 errors or whatever, and we're coming down, I'm, he knows, I met Pendra, Pendra was in the, the year below me, and he, he played against us in the Senior Cup in rugby and stuff, and I, I met him in he San Diego. He probably you Niall McGrath, he was like, fuck, you know Niall McGrath. Yeah, exactly, the rugby scenes are, were, you know, the folklore yeah. of Niall McGrath, obviously widespread, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Pendra, you know, he, 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 he he made the best of of like you know he'd tell himself like he's not the most talented fighter. The one thing I'll say about Pendred is as well, it didn't like as much as it absolutely helped him to be in Connor's uh, team and and he kind of I'm sure that helped him a lot with the UFC and stuff. It, it like even now every Irish fighter is compared to Connor and at the time Connor was at his most stunning and he was captivating a whole nation and it was very difficult for Cole to get in there and. Like, you know what I mean? And, and be fighting like the way he was, and, and winning fights, and still getting this kind of criticism. Like they didn't know how spoiled they were. The Irish yeah. fans, they they really had no idea. But if they, if there was a Cole Panther active right now in the UFC, he'd be our most successful fighter. Yeah, you know I think what I mean? even apart, apart from of course. Yeah. yeah, I think even even we like I, we, although we me and you were going to like Man of War with you know it's, it's the corner and the family and us at the show like you know what I mean there's nobody yeah, there yeah, yeah. and even we did, couldn't appreciate it I don't think at the time or like we we probably had enjoyed it the most out of the media because obviously we've been we've been following yeah. for longer but we I don't think we could even appreciate it. you know Paddy Hoolan comes out first round finish Penred like comes from behind Park wins Siri wins everybody wins like, like yeah. and then obviously the, the main event was in, well, the most important and it's a great atmosphere and it's uh, all simmering until well, when I say simmering, that's putting it very lightly. The place was on fucking wheels yeah. until like it, all the way through it, like, and it was a very special time, and it's not going to happen again. And no. I, I hate, 
I hate when people get upset. Like, people have got annoyed with me for saying this before that. Like, but you don't realize how perfect the way we were riding there. Like, yeah. do I have a job in this industry if it wasn't for them kind of moments? Probably not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's their life changing. Like, for everyone that was involved with them. Yeah. You know, you I think go around the world. I think people look at it now and they see, like, all these guys, like, 3 and hour five fights into their career or whatever, four and they one. They want them to do well. They w- want them to do well, and that's fine. And that's fine, but it doesn't mean... Like, people are... Like, I fully get, like, a fighter. Like, uh, you know, Kiefer, we've heard of Kiefer's, like, world champion, blah, blah, and I, I understand that completely. But we we can't... We it, It's very hard to quantify. Like, Kiefer could be brilliant. could be a world champion. But we, it's very hard to quantify at this very early stage of his career. Like, he has a lot of physical assets. He's got, he's got a good look. He can park. He's got all that stuff, but... Results. It, it is a results-driven sport at the end of the day, to, to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, to a certain extent. But as we said, mentioned results. about people like Siri and Loboff, if you like, if you learn from your losses and keep improving, like especially with Siri, like you know, you look like when how he was. How did he stay in? Like, how did he stay in? Like, that's the that's the credit to the man. Like, there yeah. was times where he, like, he, he looked like he had no hope after that knee. Uh, was it the knee um, in a fight or was no quick heel hook, wasn't it? Um, when he went down to flyweight the first time, lost that first fight, and then Andy has a word with him and says, "Look, you're going to do something. Let's do it. You can't base uh, your move to flyweight off this first round heel hook or whatever it was." And then he goes on this mad tear, one of the best tears in Europe, yeah. and gets into the UFC. And he and he kind of was always fighting an uphill battle. I felt because Siri wasn't an SBG. You know, we can remember them having lots of media days around Ireland, and Siri wouldn't even be there. You know what I mean? Like because it was like it was so centered on the SBG thing. But, yeah. Look where look where he is now, man. He's like a cult icon. You know what I mean? Like he's like people know what they're getting with Neil Siri, whether it's in his fighting or or, or it's the way he's just speaking. Like he's just matter of fact, and he doesn't really give a shit what anyone else thinks. Of him. And that's yeah. that's another great Irish example there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think people like if if people actually knew like the the, the casual fans who hate on fighters and like send them abuse, if they actually knew like they're gonna sacrifice and they have to put in and like how like how unlikely it was that this was going to be a sustainable career for for them like you know yeah, it's, it's, he has 36 kids yeah and, he, and you have until you're about 35 or 40 and then you have to retire and look for something else so like it's a short window there was no there was no pathway to the UFC for Irish people at the time you know Siri's working a job he's got a football team of kids to look after um even like Pendred Pendred like I remember like when we were filming Pendred I can't remember when it was but it was it was when he was a Cage Warrior champion. He might have even been in the UFC at the time. I think he was Cage Warrior champion. He was just done tough or something like that. Around that time, anyway. And we, we were driving to his house, and we were like, oh, we'll just do a bit of filming in the house. He's like, yeah, as long as the fucking electricity's still on. Because like, he was yeah. dead serious, like. Yeah. He was like, hopefully, like, sorry if it's not, like, <laughs> like uh, we were sorry to waste your time if it's not. I'm like, you don't worry about it, man. Like, you know. That's the kind of shit yeah, they were dealing with. Yeah, ask him not, not, bring in, not to bring that up in one interview before if I... He was like, you don't, I don't want people to, you know what I mean, to kind of, I mean, that was the first thing he said at the press conference. Yeah, well, he didn't want that to be the storyline rather than, you know, here comes the Irish basically that day. It was before the one with, with, with the, uh, with first when he rallied and, and he Mike bet King Mike King, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was better because he, he held the narrative, you know what I mean? He was like, oh, I want to tell people when, when I win, you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than. Oh, poor Cahill sure is couldn't buy his electricity bill. <laughs> yeah. And then that changed yeah. his life, you know, he got his what eight and eight or whatever his terrible tough contract was and then he got a hundred yeah. grand because Mike King failed the steroid test and so he got his bonus as well. So things can change in this MMA like that. Yeah. Say again? 
didn't see a single point out of that. Yeah, point. Jesus. Thinking about it now, he must have a rake of points to this stage. Screwed. Screwed. <laughs> we'll knock around to his gas room. You're bringing us to the pub. Just a load of us. But what I was going to say there, just when you mentioned the regional scene, like, I mean, I think the regional scene in Ireland, maybe I'm not paying enough attention to it, but it, it seems all over the place now. Like, it, it, it doesn't. It, maybe, I don't know. Like, so I, expensive. You can't put on a yeah. show in, in in Republic. Like it, it makes no sense to put on a show in the Republic when you can do it in Belfast or you can do it in anywhere in the UK for twenty grand cheaper. Uh, and you, that's all profit, like. Yeah, I can remember like people people were like critical of me when I kind of had to start moving away uh, from the Irish scene, and you know I had some coaches putting up Facebook stats that there's no good uh, journalists in Ireland. Like people need to wake the fuck up and 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 know how much we put into this as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's it's very to get to a level where we can cover this internationally and cover these big fights. It's not easy to get here. Like no one kind yeah. of held their hand, and it's very. Hard. I don't know what it is for me. Like it's just very hard for me to have that kind of interest in the other scene as we did back then. You know what I mean? It's just. I think it's very hard. I don't think it's the same landscape, and I think. See, the I shows know. aren't the same. Like those cage contenders and cage warriors were great shows where there was so many good fights, and people are like, oh, I can't wait for this show. And, when are tickets going on sale and people go on the day like oh do you think there'll be tickets on the door people were excited like now now I never hear from anyone nobody wants to go to fucking Only Fury, giving out Fury or Belfast there. yeah well like you know <laughs> like I'm interested to see what Andy does with this academy thing at least because it's got a definite purpose we're not dressing it up like anything that it isn't it's an academy we're going to see young fighters go there and then there's going to be a big finale on that Cage Warriors 100 thing I like the way there's no bullshit about that. Like these are young fighters. We're gonna see how they get on. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like an eye map just with the cage cage warriors uh, thing on. And I think it, it does add to the marquee events because I felt like the eye map in 2015. Bear in mind we were very close to the camp. We we had both spent time in that camp in Vegas. But the fact that Franz Malambo, the fact that James, the fact that yeah, all these people were going for the eye map. It, it kind of it, it was another it was another thing to kind of whet the appetite going into those big marquee nights. So I kind of am interested in that. I don't know if I'll make it out, but certainly interested to see how it goes. Yeah, like people are like I hear oh, Irish and Irish and Andy Ryan as well. And like, I mean, when Andy Ryan has done this for years with Cage Warriors, you know, he used to match the Irish cards that came over here. So it's kind of like there's a certain kind of a stamp that comes yeah. with that. You know what I mean? Like that you kind of know where look he's going to yeah. do the best of this that he can. And those Balzone cards historically were, were great, like, you know, the recent ones, like, no disrespect to anybody, and Andy will tell you himself, they were nowhere near as good as the the old ones, because yeah. the, the main fighters that were, like, the, the, the top, the main card guys that have been signed to, like, the Bellators, the wherever, like, they're gone, and it's just completely understandable, but that's why there isn't as much excitement around and the local shows. Dan, even then, with them local shows, we, we had these prospects that were just looking unbelievable, because they were riding the crest of the wave as well, like, we say it often, uh, and yeah, um, Dylan Chip was one of the most impressive amateurs I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? And that's that's why we probably got a bit t- too excited. And I think, in a way, I was kind of guilty of putting too much pressure on him at that er- that early in his career. Me anyway. Yeah. Um, because and it was a lesson you have to learn. You know, it was the same with Ryan Curtis. Not to say these guys won't have fantastic professional careers, but to put that much expectation on them so early. Even James. That was my bad. James. Yeah. Right. yeah. And look, look, that was my bad. And now when I see people doing the same thing with Kiefer and they're going to be, why aren't you, why aren't you jumping up and down? So, well, listen, man, I learned my lesson. I can't expect these guys to go in and destroy the world so early in their careers. Yeah. It's, but look, it's at, look at, like, what, well, like, Kiefer's three fights in. Look at Connor three fights in. Like, 
fucking different yeah. guy. <laughs> not the same. Not even the same in any way. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I think I think he can be great, and I always say this: like I think he can be great, but I'm not gonna jump up and down about it yet because I felt like that was to not for the betterment of me as a journalist when I did that before. If you get me, yeah, yeah, you gotta learn from yeah. learn from things, not make the same mistakes again. Like, and maybe you you might end up going too far the other way and not getting behind a guy enough, but. Yeah, and I'll have to learn from that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know yeah, point the balance at the end. Like we're we're all like, look, this game is only twenty five years old, and we've only been doing it for twenty eleven, whatever, seven years. I like I like that Tuke move to cage riders, though. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think Boylan will take care of him. Like the Ian Dean won't be won't be throwing him in there against like Ricky Bandeas or whatever, you know. Tight yeah. Drive. <laughs> yeah. Ricky gonna go on an SBG fucking tour now. <laughs> yeah, but like you have people like that, like. You could get excited about like in Irish MMA that are just not fighting, like in or like not training enough, or like people like I don't know this for a fact. I haven't I haven't been in the gym, but like people talk about Carl Moore, he disappears, he's gone until camp, and like, Joe McCoggins yeah. missing all this, he's missing everything. Get the fuck on and social the media. The thing is right open there, man. Yeah. He is like, such a good talker. Okay, you're in you're in New Zealand. You're in New Zealand. No problem. Like that's fine. Like I, I texted him a few weeks ago, no reply, but. Or rang him. I can't remember Ooh, which. But like you know, he should be. He should. He should be onto me. Being like, here, can you hop on Skype with you? Or can I get on Talking Brawls? Can I fucking? He should be like. Yeah. And let's not get excited. Talking Brawls. Come on. We only have four. Yeah. Minutes. Okay. Well, like, yeah. Four he obviously minutes. he knows that, that. Like that one. <laughs> he doesn't want to wait a month for his interview to come out. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like someone like Joe is the same age as me. You know what I mean? It's like, this is shit I get off the platform and he's so yeah. good, he's so charismatic, he fights fantastically. It's, it's, it's time. And especially with the lightweight picture. Carl Moore as well though, like, you know, it's, he was on the cusp of something there, real close, okay, like he got caught, and we can get caught, but you don't want to have that in your back of your mind, oh, if I had done it properly, or if I had have trained more, if I hadn't have, disappeared for however many weeks or however many months in between camps like I, I, I've i just heard this from different people like oh yeah same, same. like I haven't actually seen, witnessed this so this could be wrong but like but the same things it is and, he's a man of few words yeah but when you do get talking to him when you run into him somewhere he's he's very he's able to he's, he's able to talk away like but he just doesn't oh, like starting to talk <laughs> he's actually great yeah just the initial let's have a chat he's um He's, uh, like, I mean, this is the thing. If It's another kind of hangover from the McGregor thing. It's like, I felt like he was in a perfect situation to make a bid for one of those big leagues if he had just defended his lightweight, light heavyweight title again. But it's nearly like the whole, like, it's too... I want to be dual weight champion. I want to follow what Conor is. It's too good for the promoter and it's too good for the fighter. When, you, when you're looking as good as Carl is and, and you know, we're so big and, <laughs> you know what I mean? It kind of makes... Like, you can understand why both Bain Boyle and... and Carl figured that was a good idea, and Maro Cerilli's there, and he's he's just a monster, like, and he's very good. You know what I mean? You can't like, you can't uh, take away from that. But it's like, uh, uh, like the thing, the, I I just think, um, I think Carl, like, it's funny, like Carl put out the the tweet, uh, the Instagram post about James, um, afterwards, and I, I just put out like, I didn't see that. What did it say? It was very good. It was very long. Uh, thing just about James because this guy was. Once when I was my first amateur fight when I was 18, this guy was on the card fighting a 20-year-old and he was 13 and he won decisively. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, what else do you want him to do at this stage? 
and it was very good. And I kind of tweeted like, "There's been a lot of reaction from Irish fighters rallying behind James." I just put it out as, as a statement, as in, I thought it was interesting that so many people were getting behind him when he was facing so much, you know, smoke Hate. online from the critics. So I literally just put it out as a statement, and I was like, "And, and this is from Carl Moore, another guy tipped for the top." And then some guy was to me like, "This is the problem. This is the problem." Another guy tipped for the top. I was like, "Dude." I didn't write back to him, but I'm kind of going like, as much as I, I know, I know what you mean. This guy was a cage warrior's champion. He just fought for another title. I mean, yeah. what else? Not everybody's Conor McGregor. Do? Like people think. What, do you, what else do you want me to do? Like, yeah. like, do you want me to pretend that didn't happen because he lost his last fight? He's worth fuck all now. Like, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Very, I think it's the most fickle fan base in all the sports because the UFC gave so much power to the fans in the early days. They're they're like the privileged. They they think they, they their opinion matters because yeah, they're entitled to voice their opinion to because like, the UFC used that social media energy to build their brand. It's built on the internet. Fans. The whole sport is built on the internet. Like. Yeah, and and it's just giving fans so much fucking you know uh, what I say matters, and they're talking other shit sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just like, and, but they'll find a few other guys like minded people who know nothing about what they're talking about, who like their thing and make a big deal of it. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, man, is this your daily? Is this what you do all day? Fucking hell. Yeah, it's that situation, like, when when people, like, who they don't even know are just, like, attacking 21-year-olds who, you know, they don't even know. And, okay, maybe you don't like the guy, but, like, uh, like there's people that, like, I see on TV being interviewed or thing, and I'm like, oh, like, not my cup of tea. I don't fucking what's his fucking twitter what's his fucking instagram <laughs> like i just don't understand it at all i'm just like what is, like you don't have something better to do like fucking hell like, like even if you don't so, have something better to do like go like have a beer so or something like Norm McGrath down the pub there he'll shy talk to you it's grand <laughs> oh don't get me talking about shy talking the beer the fear i had after a fucking wedding on Thursday there jesus christ i just can't stop talking brown every time i drink too much it's fucking terrible i can't can't help, I just have, I mean, my brother said to me after he goes there, because I was in the car coming home, and I was like, oh man, oh, yeah, I fucking hate these hangovers, and I feel so ashamed. He said, Do you know, the only people I hear talking about fear is like teenage girls and you. <laughs> okay, I need, to, I need to stop doing that. So. <laughs> you sometimes you need somebody to just tell you to fucking stop being a fucking wuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was actually interviewing Craig White today after. And he was like, how are you? I was like, oh, I'm fine. So ashamed of myself, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. I don't care. Because yeah. <laughs> I always talk shit. I just wake up the next day. Someone says something. He's just like, yeah. I was yeah, don't remember that. Yeah, expect? whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you expect? You take it, what I say, on the record when I'm lost. You're Did you see how many drinks I had? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't stand up, mate. But, um, yeah, now it's funny. Um, are you, uh, how would you, you know, we were talking about earlier about, like, the excitement around Aldo, Mendez, etc. How would you say, like you've been embedded in this camp for a long time, I mean, what would you say your levels of excitement? Is it nearly compassion fatigue at this stage? Like you've been at the rodeo so many times, you don't even wear your spurs? Um, it, it all does become very normal very quickly. Like it became very normal. Like, <laughs> when was it? Like probably a couple of years in, two or three years in, it was, nobody cared about Connor. Like we pitched the documentary to RT, they said like, what are you talking about? No way. And then, like, you know... Fuck out of here. Yeah, you know, it's just, like, dismiss the whole thing. Like, what is this shit like? And then you get a phone call, or Jamie gets a phone, producer gets, from Motive gets a phone call. Oh, what was that guy? After he goes in and knocks out Brimage and causes a big fucking stir online and everybody's talking about him and the 50 Gs, baby, and all this stuff. Um, 
and uh, it just it just I don't know even know where I was going with that to be honest I completely forgot what I was talking about no you were just going to talk about your level of excitement there oh yeah 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 so it just becomes normal like but like and I wasn't that excited for the, the Mayweather bout because it was because I like I, I like fighting not not Queensbury rules boxing where you can't even throw certain punches and it's just ridiculous like I just think it's a weird set of rules. Boxing is so weird. Like the way they wear body armor up above their belly button and all is just like it's it, it's very strange. But um, it especially feel like I missed a big part of the adventure, though. Do you know what I mean? Like as as you know, I didn't care that I wasn't there until the fight was happening, and then I was like, oh, how are you missing this? You know what yeah. I mean? Like now I had a great time in Dublin, and I think I wrote one of the best pieces I I've had on MMA fighting about watching that that night in Dublin. Um, so it, it wasn't like a complete write off, but. It does feel like, you know what I mean? When you've been there the whole way and then you're not there for for one little bit of it, you're like, shit, I should be there. Like. Yeah, yeah. Because I can remember I missed the Holloway fight in Boston. Do you remember? And I was looking yeah. all the way through. I was like, oh, I don't care, I don't care. And then I was texting the week. <laughs> 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 yeah. so, so that's going the way. Look, but it actually didn't happen with the Mayweather thing until, until they were actually in there. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? Because it was... Uh, I don't know, like, I was so fed up with the Irish media at that stage. Mm. Um, I'd gone on radio shows and they were like, well, we're not going to talk about this. And meanwhile, they talked about it every fucking yeah. day for three months. And, yeah. like, you know, they had they had a sports editor on me. I can't remember where he's from. He's like, huh, why is this happening? And I was like, this isn't about sport here. Like, this is about money. And it's... Because people it's wanted like, it. The amount of people, you know, is what yeah. I do. Like, I was getting messages, getting phone calls, Facebook, whatever. People who, like, I don't even know, like, I hadn't yeah. talked to them in 10 years. And they're they're like, oh, is this Floyd? Is this Floyd thing happen? Is this Floyd thing happen? Like, you know, what's gonna happen? Oh, Polly, 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 Polly. Amount of messages by Polly. I probably got more messages by fucking Polly. What happened? Oh, you were there. Were oh, you there? Like, what happened? Bad. You were there. What happened? Tell me what happened, please. I won't tell anybody, please. Just like, relax. We make a conscious effort not to fucking ask you things like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm always like, all right, like you know what I mean. If, if something needs to be said, Graham, like not even it's never anything to do pertains actual Connor's preparation, but. You know what I mean? It's very, it's a tough spot to be in, and you kind of get a, you, you get a feeling of like the fucking cheek of these people getting onto me, like, like haven't talked to them in fifteen years, and they, you know what I mean, thinking like they can pretend to be my best friend for a few seconds and, and get a nugget of information that they can tell their friends while they're having a point. Like it's, it's. It wouldn't annoy me. I'd just be, I'd just be like, uh, I don't know. Back, I just got put now. No. <laughs> Like the the worst is when people message you being like, Oh my friend and me you like wanna pitch this thing to Connor, like uh, pitch this idea. Oh, every, every Man, please stop, please. Like Somebody one guy added me on one guy added me on Messenger before, rang me and was like it was ringing me for ages. And I was like, Do I know this guy? Like did I like meet this guy somewhere? I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I finally answered and he's like, Oh my god, like this is like the closest I've ever got to Connor. I'm like, No, this is you're not close to Connor, what are you talking about? Like, the BBC texted so me yesterday off. asking me for for Cotter's phone number. I was like, "Do you think I have Cotter's phone number?" Like, and you think if, if you think if I gave Cotter's number to somebody and like he found it, like gave his number to somebody, then I wouldn't be fucking dead. I think <laughs> I have about seventeen numbers for Connor, and none of them work. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, maybe I should just send him this list of phone numbers and go try any of them. <laughs> yeah. So, but then, you know, I mean, it's just and then like even last week. Someone reached out to me to do something with Audio Tar at the fucking what, what's that big thing Marco Tool organises? The, oh, uh, the web summit. Yeah, I was like, no, like I don't even know Audio that well. Text here, Audio, don't worry, it's gonna be grand. Uh, I'll get you through it. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. what are you talking about? I don't, I've never interviewed. I've interviewed James Gallagher on camera once. That's probably all, and, and a few with you. 
in, in Team Rhino. That's the only interview they do. And just to get a Connor, they're willing to throw this dirty fellow from the north side up on, on a stage just so they can get a headline. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. And I can just, we probably finish up because we'll be talking forever, but like people just need to enjoy this, this huge fight like Habib and like this Habib Connor fight. Like, okay, maybe it doesn't happen. Like, the record of Habib pulling in the fights is, is not good or his fight's not happening. But that's part of the but chaos. This is the of MMA. You can't miss. That's part this of it. You got to enjoy it. You got to look for people like, oh, I'm not going to, until I see the guys in the cage, I'm not going to excited. It's like, well, that's your loss because this is huge. The whole adventure is the build up. Really yeah, like, and even if it know, falls apart, that. you got to embrace the chaos or you're never going to last as a, as a fan of MMA. Like, uh, you just got to be like, yeah. this is fucking what happens in MMA. Or as, as Gus Johnson once said, sometimes these things happen in MMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's serious. It's uh, it's. I think the fight happens. I don't think there's any injury in the world that stops Khabib from competing here because. What about wake up though? He's been, he's yes, been hospitalized yeah, no, that's, wake that's, up that's before. You could be medically forced off the card. So yes, I do agree that that is a definitely a but injury. I think if you blow out your ACL, you you go in there and fight Conor McGregor. No, I don't think so. Come around. I think if you didn't have the belt, if you didn't have the belt. You'd, you'd fight, but when you have the belt, yeah, all right, okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's a good. Because Habib, Habib was pulled out before a fight. Like he was talking about retiring when when he broke his rib, and his dad had to talk about retiring. And I think people forget because he hasn't been injured that much recently how injury prone he actually was. Like every time before Habib was like a big, not that he's a big star, but before he was like a popular among the hardcore fans. He was he was known as every time you saw a headline about Habib, it was like Habib injured or Habib out. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, they were the only headlines. Yeah. Like I know, this, like the vast majority of people have, have, have talked to don't agree with that. But I do think it's a it's a it's a tough fight. But you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's only a tough fight if he's on top of you, and you you need to do a lot before you get to that situation. Yeah. I just think he's the most relentless fighter in opposition. Like just just in terms of his pressure. Um, in terms of the way you manipulate your body, like it's just, it's really like it, it's destabilizing the base. It's real like black belt shit he's doing. Like, and he's not, he's not really a jiu-jitsu guy. I know he's sambo guy wrestling. It's just uh, that top position is just, is just sick. Like, like I was trying to describe this to someone who doesn't really know the sport. Because like, when I watch Connor fighting at his best, it's like art, it's like a ballet. It's like uh, that, that you understand the art of mixed martial arts when he's when he's flowing like he did against Alvarez, you know against yeah. most of his fights. You know? I remember being on that Hangover. Yeah. We were in that press row or press seat. That was a Debbie fucking press row. Unbelievable! So you're looking overhead down on it. You can see everything perfectly. There's no there's no post in your way. Yeah. There's no cage in your way. There's right. nothing. It was unbelievable. There's no McGrath floppy hair. Yeah. Because you see guys in the gym, like, I've seen them do stuff like that in the gym, but you see guys in the gym do stuff, and then they go into the cage, and you're just like, what, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he doing all this? But, but Connor goes in, and he's even better. Even better. But that's, that's my point. Like, when I, when I see Connor at his best, it's like art, yeah? It's like ballet. It's like he's dancing with him. And then when, when I see Khabib fighting, it's the complete opposite. It's hard to watch sometimes, like, when he's just... Like, that 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 fight in 205 will always stick out to me, like, where he's just... He has Johnson's iron pinned behind his back, and he's just smashing his face in. And, and Johnson has the option to, uh, you know, take his arm away from covering his, his himself so he can get the underhook, but he just knows he's going to get elbow. Like, it's fucked if you do and fucked if you don't. And it's just... It's hard to watch, whereas when Connor. Like not hard to watch. Like I mean, it's 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 a good showing and all, but it's just it's so aggressive and it's 
it's like a mauling display rather than what Connor does is like a dance almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. People said to me before it's like it's like hypnotizing when he's like doing yeah. when he's flowing right. But uh, like I like making predictions on fights is obviously like it's crazy make, in this fight. Make make a prediction like it's like who knows? But well, I'm saying to be I see this. Now, I, I see this in two weeks. Oh yeah, I, 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 I see. I see. I know people are just like, oh, of course you say that, and you know, even like Gareth Davis laughing at me and you back in the day when Conor made his team. You think he's gonna go the? You think he's gonna go the all 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 the way, lads? Don't you? <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know, yeah. so he opened the door. We watched you, man. Don't you forget that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's like, like I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It, that's his whole story. Like people, that 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 comment from Gareth A. Davis was the whole world. Yeah, at one point, this loud mouth clown. Like you know, even like even at the Aldo fight, Aldo wore like a clown or brought like a clown poster, and everybody's like, oh, he's just a clown. He's just a joker. He's he's just a jester. People latched onto that, and like people were, I like felt he was so uncomfortable in Boston when he did that. Like. Oh, it's so I felt like he didn't want yeah. to do it. Like, yeah, I, I felt like someone had suggested this to him, and he was like, "I don't know, man." Yeah. And then they were like, "No, here it is." Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and people were like, "You know, oh, Jose is not angry. He's not rattled. He's, he's no, none of this is doing anything to him." But like, we were filming at that world tour in Dublin, and he was raging after that. Like, he was pacing the room, like, don't know what he was saying oh, in yeah. Portuguese, but he was raging, like, absolutely raging. Oh, he was meant to go to Germany after that, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's been a mad ride though. I mean, yeah. whatever happens, it's, it's fucked up because when we get on the phone with each other, like, and we know each other so well, and we know each other so long, we're like best friends. But every time we start talking about this, and even though it's our job, even though it's pretty much our whole life, we can still talk for an hour, as, you, as you've just told me, like, and and be completely comfortable with it, not get sick of talking about it because it's a once in a lifetime thing, and this is what it is. I won't be able to be there this time, but I know it's going to be amazing. You know what I mean? I know it's going to be unbelievable. I'll probably be annoying you going, oh, how's he looking in training? How's the wake up going? He'll be like, hey, Pootsie, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you would say, and we probably leave the, leave the podcast at this, but as you would say, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, indeed. <laughs> All right, thanks a million for hopping on, Pootsie. I appreciate that. And, uh, no worries. I'll be that was a long 15 minutes. Yeah, I know, man. Fucking hell. <laughs> Talking brown. <laughs> <laughs> Talking brown, that's a real, yeah. All right, Go good on, luck. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, bye-bye.